Well, happy Monday morning. It's Locked on Panthers, and we are here. We are back, and we are ready to talk about the Florida Panthers' loss against the Boston Bruins on Saturday night. We're also going to do top cap, bottom cap. We're going to talk about trade possibilities, trade potential for the Florida Panthers. All this and more coming up on today's episode of Locked on Panthers. My name is Josh Licht. I'm one of the writers for PantherParkway.com. And with me, as always, is my good friend and yours, Frank Rikas. Good morning, Panther fans. It's a hockey night in South Florida tonight. The Ottawa Senators come to town. My name is Frank Rikas, owner-operator of PantherParkway.com. We are Locked On Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Air day. Every day you've got your team. Every and, day. And uh, every day we've got Florida Panthers content for you. And, you know, it's not always easy as a Florida Panthers fan to sit up and talk about the Panthers. And i got to be honest, Frank, this has been a depressing week for Florida <laughs> Panther fans. Uh, not going well. We apologize, by the way, for not having a show on Friday. Some personal stuff came up in uh, my life, and so we weren't able to do it. But uh, everything's back on track for today. And, uh, yeah, uh, it's not good. It's not the way you necessarily want to wake <laughs> up. Uh, it's not the way you want to uh, think about on Monday morning. But the Florida Panthers uh, losing to the Boston Bruins. A statement game. Uh, a game that, that needed to be uh, won. A, a game that needed to, to show uh, some talent. Show some passion. Uh, you know, C- Coach Quinville saying himself, this is a show me game. Show me uh, what you're made of. And the Panthers... Uh, didn't show up until about halfway through the third period. Uh, really rough uh, game for the Panthers. Frank, I know you've got tons of thoughts about the game against <laughs> the Boston Bruins. You were there. Uh, mm-hmm. Not not an eye in the sky, not in the press box. No, you were there as a paying customer of the Florida Panthers. So as a <laughs> paying customer, tell us uh, your perspective of the game against Boston. Yep, so uh, I was there, as you say, a paying customer, uh, sat downstairs, section, I think it was 125, which is where the Panthers shoot twice, had a great seat, uh, saw the action from a, a different angle than I'm used to in the press box, and um, I have to tell you, it was not a good game, and Keith Yandel said it before the game, this is a statement game, uh, we need to win this game, I said it in my article uh, in, that morning, and I even mentioned it in my recap uh, on Sunday that this was a game the Panthers had to win. This was a must-win game. And I hate to say must-win in the month of December. It seems like it's way too early to say that these games are must-wins. But you know what? Boston was on a five-game losing streak. So they were on their heels. We were on a two-game losing streak, kind of kind of on our heels, right? Um, our offense has all of a sudden evaporated while Sergei Bobrovsky is back to form and uh, Boston came out in the first, I think it was the first minute, 20 seconds, the Panthers could not get out of their own zone. That was a statement right there that maybe we weren't ready. And Boston was, and Boston had 22 shots on goal in the first period. Wow. 22. Wow. 22. And the game could have easily been three, four, nothing at that point, if not for Bobrovsky. Um, Panthers had very little puck possession. They had very little pushback. They were not ready. And like you said, up until the third period, maybe five minutes in, uh, they were just not interested uh, in winning this game. And 
they needed the two points out of this game, not only because we're, we're, we're chasing Boston, but, you know, we're chasing other teams now for a wild card position and it, it's not looking good. Um, I mean, I can keep going, but, you know, I, I'd like you to get some of your thoughts in too. Yeah, I watched the game uh, on television. I wasn't able to get down there. And uh, it's funny, Frank, I actually really highly considered going. Like I was looking at tickets and thinking about it. Ended up making a decision not to go. I'm really glad I didn't. Um, it was, you uh, kind of hate to feel that way, right? I mean, I know. and I went and I'm like, oh, Jesus, this is the game I picked to come to. I know, I know. Yeah, this was the game that Frank was all excited about uh, to go and sit in the stands for. You know, it's hard. Uh, I don't know what you do at this point. Mm. You know, it, it's one of those things where, like, you talk about, oh, it's goaltending. So you go out and get a two time Vesna trophy winner. And it doesn't seem to help. You talk yeah. about, oh, it's coaching. And you go out and get maybe the best coach in, in the NHL today. Definitely one of the top coaches of NHL history. And it's not working out. You talk about, you know, maybe uh, we need to bring up young talent. You know, you bring up young talent. And it's not working out. And I don't know what you do. I mean, do you just uh, say, you know what? <laughs> this team's cursed. Let's move to Quebec. You know, like, what do you do? Um, okay, obviously. Uh, you know, that, obviously that's not what we want, but I'm saying like it's one no. of those things where uh, there there comes a point where now, to, in my view, in my mind, the onus is now on management. It's time for the management to make a move. And, you know, what that looks like, I don't know. I don't think the move is to call up uh, another player from Springfield. I see a lot of people clamoring for Borgstrom and Tippett. They're not yeah. going to change the course of this uh, issue. Um yeah. You know, there needs to be a move. And honestly, to, to be real with you, Frank, I think that move is going to have to be a move that hurts. And, and not uh, in a vindictive way, but there needs right. to be a very clear message to the core of this team that losing in this way is unacceptable. And mm -hmm. if bag skates aren't going to do it, if shame and fear and intimidation or whatever is <laughs> not going to do it, then someone's got to go. Unfortunately, somebody that fans love, somebody that players love is going to have to pay the price by being shipped out of town uh, and being brought in for assets that can help um, because there, there has to be a shakeup in that core. And, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's years of losing and, and being in a bad management position, a bad coaching position that has led the core of this team uh, to a bad position uh, and to a bad mental state. I don't know what it is, Frank, but... Um, it's definitely disheartening for Panther fans uh, to do this. Uh, you know, I see a lot of the tweets, a lot of the Facebook posts, the memes. Um, you yep. know, it's like, yep. why are why are we spending our hard earned money on this? Like, why are we? Uh, you know, it's, I, I don't know if listeners know this, but you know, I live an hour and a half away from Sunrise. So you know, every time I go to a game, which is often, I've been to a lot of games this year. Um, you know, it's a three hour round trip drive. Like, how many times can you do that over and over and over again? And not uh, say, you know what, it's not worth my time to invest in this. And there's got to be a change. There's got to be a shakeup. And I don't know what that is. I don't know where it comes from. Uh, but I just hope that Dale Talon can get there in time. Because I do believe in the majority of this roster. Uh, 
And I do think that they have a team that can compete. Um, it's just going to be, can they unlock that mental toughness and that fortitude that you need to have night in and night out in the National Hockey League in order to become a champion? You can't take nights off. You can't come in. You know, Frank, I saw your article uh, a couple days ago about what are some of the things the Panthers need to do in order to uh, you know, turn the things around. And one of my favorite things you said is they can't go to the beach. You know, tell them you're well, not allowed to go to Miami-Dade County. You know, yeah. like, you know, you can't be uh, living life. Now, I'm not saying I know that that's happening. I don't know that guys are going out and doing any of that stuff. But I'm just saying, like, there needs to be a focus and a determination. And really, uh, right now, you don't see that in almost any shift unless the Panthers are already out of the game. And yeah. uh, that's unacceptable. And there's got to be change. Well, you touched on a lot of really excellent points, Josh. And you know whether it's the the, the fact that the Panthers are cursed, uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, we have a good core. The the question becomes is is the core good enough to get us where we need to be? And in my article where I talked about five things to change, and let's talk about you know when I was saying stay out of stay out of Dade County, which or stay out only stay in Broward County. I mean, you can't leave Broward County. And I'm, I'm kind of serious. And it's a fact that years ago, a head coach of this team said, there's too many distractions down here. And that was years ago when the team stunk and they couldn't get out of it. This team is significantly better. And I think the distractions are still in the way. Now, you and I don't know what the players are doing. I don't know if they're going to the beach. I don't know if they're going out on the ocean. I don't know if they're going up and down the intercoastal. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in Broward County that you can do that can still ruin your focus. And maybe that's part of it. They've been home for how long? Three weeks, right? Yeah, With it's, this been a, it's been a long stretch. Yeah, that's a long time to be in the <laughs> paradise that we live in. And maybe that's just not conducive Um for young hockey players who aren't used to winning and something has to change. Um, there has to be a focus. And I don't know if you can tell these guys, you can't go here. You can't go there. I, I don't know if you can do that. I don't know if that's really realistic, but you know, something has to happen. And I do believe that management has to make a move. It is imperative that a trade has to be made. Now, I also agree with you that Borkstrom and Tippett are not going to make a difference to get us to the next level this year. Okay, it's not going to happen. I've not been impressed with Borkstrom while he's been here. Tippett, yes, he's a goal scorer in the AHL. Does that translate to the NHL? Well, if he's going to be on the third or fourth line, probably not. He needs to be on one of the top two lines, and I don't believe you can put him there yet. So we need a player that's going to come in and that's going to push offense significantly push offense. And you remember, what was it, 2011, 2012, when Talon traded David Booth? And like that was an, oh, my God, we just traded a 30-goal scorer. Oh, and we traded him at the right time. That sent a message to the team. That's what we need now. And with Christmas coming up, you're going to run out of time to make a trade because you got the Christmas trade freeze coming, and you won't be able to make that trade. But a message has to be sent. Fans will probably be upset and disappointed, but... Also, as one head coach said years ago from another team, if I listen to what the fans say, I'll be sitting in the fan, I'll be sitting in the seats with them. So, well, yeah. something has to happen. It's just got to do it. And the problem is, we are so backed up against the cap that means we have to trade someone with money, so we can take on someone with money. Well, I want to continue this conversation, Frank, about uh, you know. You've heard what we've said. You've heard what we had to say. 
you've heard what we think about the effort of the team, but yeah, I don't want it always to be what we think. Uh, so, Frank, I want to play for us uh, the interview that Joel Quinville gave right after the loss to the Boston Bruins. I didn't see it uh, till the third. I thought, uh, you know, we got a little excited when we scored, and then, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden we, I was thinking about uh, the last time we saw him, but it was a. Uh, one of those games where you know, their top guys were really good and uh, you know, we didn't get the same. What was the difference in this team coming out in the third period? Was it a matter of just emotions or, or you know, what did you see different? Well, we scored early and we got a little excitement off of that. And then uh, you know, we got another the second one. All of a sudden you got, uh, you got plenty of time and we had a, a couple decent looks, but uh, not enough. But uh, don't just, don't, we, we can't think that, hey, that was good enough and accept it. That was, uh, that was tough to watch for a big majority of the game. I mean, I like what Q said. You know, we can't look at that and say, oh, yeah, that's good enough. You know, we can't accept this. Um, I even like what he said at the beginning of the year where he said, you know, um, we started, uh, we got the one goal. We started thinking, oh, this is going to be just like uh, our last time we saw them. Uh, yeah. You know, and uh, start thinking cardiac cats is not good for the team. We've talked about this, Frank. Um, no. You know, this this it's concept. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This concept of, oh, yeah, we came back. Like, that's not a celebration. Um, no. You know, uh, it's, it's a problem. And I think that's systemically the issue with the Panthers is uh, lack of effort. And I don't know what you do to try to bring that effort in. Um, you know, we've talked about the defense. Uh, you know, we know that uh, the fans think that... Uh, the defense sucks. So, um, you know, it's one of those things where, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been rough. It's been really, really rough. I had a really good seats uh, against the Islanders on Thursday night. And, um, you know, I was sitting right in the Panthers defensive zone for two periods, just a few rows up from the glass. Great seats. And... Um, you know, one of the things that I noticed is actually I was watching some of our defensemen shy away from hits. Like, not just take the hit, not just, like, not take the hit, I should say. Not just, you know, choose to do something else. But actually, like, turn their body and try to, like, back away from getting hit. You can't play like that. I remember a long time ago, Frank, you and I got to have a, a little chat with one of the owners of the Panthers. And he talked about how they were evaluating players. And players that were scared to be hit or get or to deliver hits, they were trading them away. Um, yeah. You know, the problem, it's, it's kind of sad to say this, but... But for a long time, the Panthers' defense was really good, but we couldn't score. And yeah. now, now the offense is pretty good, but man, the defense. Well, uh, the defense sucks. You know what I mean? Like it's it, it's not good. It's not good. It's it's frustrating to watch. It's literally frustrating. And 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 it was funny. I, I took my nephew to the game, who's not a huge hockey fan, but I really wanted to have a good time with him. He's on his Christmas break, and so we went out for Star Wars night. Hopefully everybody enjoyed the uh, the Star Wars content on the Panther Parkway uh, Twitter. I let my nephew help me with that. We had a blast uh, with it. But, um, you know, he was sitting there. He doesn't know a whole lot about hockey, but as we were driving home, he just kept talking about it. He's like, man, why why weren't they delivering hit? Like, why, why were they playing like that? Why didn't they keep just trying to poke the puck away? And, you know, he's been to games before. He just doesn't know. He knows that's not what it's supposed to look like. And uh, this is an issue. And I don't know if it's an issue that Quinville uh, can address, though I, I'm sure he's talking about it. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a style issue. And uh, there may even need to be some uh, addressing of it in who's coaching the defense and, and everything else because this is a serious systemic issue. And it doesn't seem to matter now if, if Bobrovsky comes out and stands on his head because uh, there's no support. There's no support. 
Well, it, it's it's not funny that you say this. It's ironic that you say this because um, a friend of mine that came with uh, to the game on Saturday on on the drive home, and, and he's from Toronto. He actually played a little bit of hockey uh, in his younger days, and um, mentioned to me, you know, what's with the lack of physicality with this team specifically? I mean, why are we not hitting anybody? Why are we, like you said, avoiding any physicality? And there was one goal. Uh, the, I think it was the third goal against the Panthers that Boston scored where Bobrovsky just kind of got bowled over, and there was zero response. That's bothersome. And he and I talked yeah. about this almost the entire ride home. So if you and I are noticing it, we've got friends that are noticing it. It's a problem. Absolutely. I mean, the casual observer is noticing it. That means it's a real issue. Well, and yes, <laughs> the casual observer and also, uh, you know, well, well-versed hockey fans are noticing it. So it's everybody. Well seasoned. Yeah. yeah. Well seasoned hockey fans are, are are noticing it too. So, uh, and I and I said to Zach, I'm like, I I, I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> I just don't have an answer. Yeah. I watch this team every single game. I don't know what the problem is. Yeah, I, I agree with you. So, so let me ask you this: we, we we can't necessarily identify what the problem is. So let me ask you this, Frank: uh, Is the solution then this? A lot of uh, rumors flying about. Uh, as insiders make their predictions, make their uh, statements, release some of their things that sources are telling them uh, that the Florida Panthers may be one of the final three teams in on Taylor Hall. Uh, of course, as we release this episode Monday morning, this could already be a mute point. Who knows? But uh, the question uh, is out there. Uh, is Taylor Hall a guy that the Florida Panthers should pursue? Obviously, a a former MVP, great offensive player. He's a more uh, physical, forechecking kind of player, power forward. Um, is Taylor Hall, uh, you know, someone that the Panthers should be pursuing? Or is it some sort of other trade? Like, uh, you know, we, we don't necessarily know what the problem is, but is Taylor Hall a potential solution? Well, it doesn't. The problem with going after Taylor Hall, not that that's a problem, but it doesn't address the defense. And I read that the package, and I, and you know me, I don't like rumors, you know, so, uh, but I read that the package that the Panthers have offered is Mike Matheson, Henrik Borgstrom, and Owen Tippett. And I mean, that's a pretty strong offer going the other way, number one. Number two, and everybody says, well, he's a rental. That's a lot for a rental. Well, obviously, this trade isn't going to happen unless he's signed to a, a long term contract. Um, but it doesn't address the defense. However, it's a statement player for the offense and significantly upgrades the offense. There's not a lot of defensemen out there that are available that are much better than us. And I don't know if the, the team that has that defenseman that we want is willing to give them up. I mean, I'm seeing names like Marco Scandella, uh, Colin Miller uh, being bounced around on social media. I mean, how does how do those guys make us any better? I don't think they make us any better uh, at all. If New Jersey different, 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 yeah, different. So it's like a change of scenery, right? Sure. But if 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 Matheson, who has had a tough season and a half, you know, if he has fallen out of favor, 
and we can get someone to take him on and that contract and we get a player like Taylor Hall back, okay, so now we're going to ride with Mark Pissick as one of our six defensemen. Uh, is he that much different than Matheson? Uh, you know, he's less offensive. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I mean, that, that's true. I mean, there there is something to be said, though. There is something to be said, I think, Frank, for different. I mean, uh, yeah. obviously, the core that they have at defense is not working. So even if you're getting a comparable player, even a similar player, it's a different person. So you may, yeah. you know, get a different result. But I, I think the thing is, you know, like you said, the Panthers are strapped up against the cap. They have to make a move where money's changing hands. Taylor Hall, if he comes, uh, and it's a big a big haul, not to make a pun, but if it's a big haul for Hall, then uh, you've got to think that the Panthers will have some sort of guarantee about an extension uh, for Hall. Yeah. So you're talking about committing a, a pretty significant amount of money in cap space to Taylor Hall for, for future seasons. Um, but you do free up a little bit of money potentially for uh, this season. So um, it's one of those things where, you know, the Panthers are going to have to be very careful. I know that there was some rumors, you know, back in the offseason, the Panthers were in on or at least met with Artemi Panarin. Uh, they've been looking at offense and, and, and trying to kind of feel out an upgrade at offense. And uh, if it happens, though, I think it's going to come at the expense of losing other players. So they need to make sure that that's the, the decision. That's the, the guy that they want. I think Taylor Hall's yeah. a tremendous hockey player. Um, he he's is. very, very good. Um, he plays physical. He plays that power forward role, but he can snipe like the best of them. Um, mm-hmm. He seems to be a good leader, even though New Jersey's had um, its struggles uh, as of late. Uh, he does definitely lead the way. Um, it comes out and plays hard every night, obviously, both in Edmonton and New Jersey, uh, kind of being in, in kind of rough positions. Uh, I don't think, I think it's safe to say that if Taylor Hall uh, is a member of the Florida Panthers, it's probably the best team he's ever been on uh even with having Connor mcdavid in edmonton um you know as far as uh depth forwards getting to play with guys like barkoff and huberto uh he may uh excel in that role and it might be really good but like you said it doesn't necessarily address the defensive issue so if you're gonna make the trade and you're gonna move for hall then there's got to be secondary trade or some other uh, move that's coming as well in order to solidify the defensive core. And we've talked about this before. The issue is there's a lot of money tied up in guys who don't play actually uh, defense. Um, There's a lot of money tied up in guys who add points and take shots, uh, but they don't actually play defense. So there's going to be teams out there that are going to want Meg Matheson for sure. Like there was, there was talk last season about the Toronto Maple Leafs looking at Mike Matheson in exchange for William Nylander at one point. So, um, you know, people are going to want Matheson. I I think that's what Panther fans don't really understand because he's kind of been the whipping boy uh, lately. Uh, You know, not just for fans, but for the, it seems like for the team a little bit as well, but the reality is Matheson's a coveted player by other teams. You know, there was a lot of players uh, or a lot of people that were talking trash about Tyson Berry before he went to Toronto, uh, right. you know, but somebody wanted him. Someone made a trade for him. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, people do want Matheson. I don't think it's fair to say they don't. Uh, and he's got a very, very, very manageable cap hit. So if he even lives up to, you know, his potential, uh, even just a little bit, it's going to be a good deal for someone. I don't know if that's the key. I just know that we don't need any more offensive-minded defensemen. We need some defensemen no. that are going to finish checks 
and yep. are going to play physical and clear the crease and keep people away from Sergei Bobrovsky uh, so that Sergei Bobrovsky can do what he needs to do. We also need to get some players that don't just uh, take a shot from 300 million feet away and then skate back to the bench. And that's really been the issue uh, for the Panthers in the last few games against the Islanders and Boston uh, was just this uh, obsession with shot count. And I, and I want to ask you this, Frank. I know I'm talking a lot, but here's the deal. I want to ask you this. Do you think that that comes from a instruction that was given during the Tom Rowe era to the defensemen to play a shoot first, ask questions later, kind of as long as you get the puck on net? Um, do you think that's something that was actually instructed or do you think that's a learned behavior uh, because we glorify or have glorified, I should say, uh, shots over quality scoring chances? Let me let me back up. It seems like in years past we've talked about, wow, you know, the Panthers lost tonight, but did you see they got 50 shots <laughs> on net? And then you go back and you watch all 50 shots and you're like, man, 48 of these shots had no chance of going in. So why are we saying like, oh yeah, 50 shots is awesome when really it was only two quality scoring chances. Um, so do you think it's an instructed thing or do you think it's a learned behavior? Because it is definitely, whichever way you feel, a problem. Uh, I don't know that Tom Rowe had the uh, mental capacity to give that indication to just shoot from wherever and just bomb uh, the goaltenders. But uh, that having said that, we take, as you said, we take an awful lot of shots from the perimeter, from just inside the blue line. But also, we don't take a lot of shots that we should be taking. Now, I noticed this yesterday in the Boston game, and I was pretty vocal in my seat. I must have yelled, shoot the puck a dozen times. And everybody around me was yelling it at the same time. Uh, and I especially noticed it on the power plays opportunities that we had. There was just a little too much passing and when, whether it was Yandel or whoever else it was at the point or in the middle, I guess, you know, we're doing this diamond shape thing now. Uh, they were passing up shots. So is it instructed? I, I, I don't know. I think the players are, uh, when you're on the power play, for example, I think you're allowed to freewheel a little bit. You know, you might be instructed as far as positioning goes, but I don't know that you can necessarily instruct when to shoot. Uh, because if they're instructed to shoot, uh, they're not... They're not shooting enough at the right time, if that's the way to say that. So yeah, they're not quality shots. They're, they're not, not quality shots. They're not right. scoring chances. They're just and shots. there's a lot of shots that are sailing over the goaltender's head, high off the glass. They're hitting the net, uh, you know, behind the the goaltender. There's a lot of misses, you know, and it's kind of like, geez, this is sometimes like the gang that can't shoot straight, um, which was a movie that was before you were born. Anyway. Um, <laughs> It's it's a dilemma. It's a problem. And, you know, remember Jason Garrison? Yeah. Gerboom. The bomb from inside the blue line. Him or Brian McCabe. We don't do that anymore. And we were scoring a lot of goals, not only on the power play, but five on five. We're not doing that anymore. That's well, and it, it's not even that. I mean, honestly, it's just not good chances it's 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 either one of two things either there's no pass and and uh it's just a, a, a fired in from the point even though it's almost definitely not going to go in 
though it does every once in a while. So I guess that's why they keep doing it. Or it's, um, you know, hey, let's pass this seven or eight times and let the defense pick it off um, before we get the shot. I mean, there's something to be said for simple banging in hockey. Get down low, get pucks on net, score on the rebound, you know, have someone there to take the rebound. But if everyone spreads out to the perimeter and then tries to collapse in, it just doesn't uh, work. And we've seen this over and over and over again. It's kind of like, what's the definition of insanity again? Trying to do the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Um, You know, there's definitely been some issue here. And uh, I trust that Joel Quinville is a good coach. I trust that Joel Quinville is a better coach than is being demonstrated right now. And uh, you just have to think that he's going to come up with a way to fix some of this because, uh, you know, there needs to be repercussions. You you go out there and you just launch the puck for no reason. You're not going back out on the power play. We're, we're seeing some of the same issues with the players that have been here for a while that plague them under Gerard Gallant, Tom Rowe, and Bob Bugner. And now we've got one of, if not the best coach in the NHL, and they're still doing the same thing. So guess what? It's not the coach. It's the players. Yep. Now, Quenville was brought here to get us to the next level and above. So granted, he will do that with the right mixture of players. But as we said at the top of the show, management has to make a change and get a couple people in here that will make a difference. I absolutely agree with you, Frank. Well, uh, we have a game tonight against the Ottawa Senators. We don't have a whole lot of time left to talk about it, but uh, let's just give a quick preview. Uh, Will you tee up the game for us, Frank? Uh, What's two things, uh, Panther fans, two things Panther fans can be looking for tonight in the game against the Senators? Watch out for Anthony Duclair, uh, a young, fast, talented, and skilled hockey player. Um, 18 goals, 7 assists for 25 points this year. He had a hat-trick Saturday night against his former team, the Columbus Blue Jackets, and the game winner, which was an overtime, was his third goal. Uh, He is on his fifth team five (laughs) in five years. He has bounced around. He's been given a lot of opportunity, but so far with Ottawa, he seems to be uh, leading the charge. So watch out for him, and don't take Ottawa lightly. I mean, they're 3-6-1 in their last 10 games. This is the perfect team for the Panthers not to take seriously in their history and lay a goose egg. Yeah, I mean, that's very Panther-ish. So um, hopefully uh, tonight's a good night, a bounce back, a little bit of uh, some confidence building in some of the guys. And uh, hopefully we'll see uh, a win, a Panthers W. I'll be there tonight. So uh, if you see me, make sure you stop by and say hello. Speaking of saying hello, you can follow along at panther parkway on twitter you can also check out pantherparkway.com which we think is the new york times of florida panthers news and information so make sure you check that out you can also follow frank at frank Rikus, and you can follow me at josh underscore lo panthers hey we want to talk to you we got a talk back thursday coming up this week you can call us at 954-228-0630 again that's 954-228-0630 Three zero, and you can let us know what you think. What do the Panthers need to do? Do they need to make a trade? Do you want Taylor Hall? You tell us. 954-228-0630 or Locked On Panthers Podcast at gmail.com. For this edition of Locked On Panthers, I'm Josh. I'm Frank. Thank you for listening. <laughs>